Hey there, Shopamaniacs! You're listening to another episode of Shop Talk Show, a show about websites. That's the new intro. <laughs> We're still working <laughs> on it. I'm Dave. I like uh, it. Twenty billion dollars, Rupert, and with me is Chris. <laughs> Probably twenty-two billion. Coyer. Hey, Chris, how are you? <laughs> I wish. That's that's good stuff. Yeah, we have a, a special guest today. I think we're going to end up talking about um, <laughs> probably CMSs a bunch, but it'll be hard not to talk about this crazy Adobe news. But we have with us Bastion. Uh, uh, oh, damn it. I forgot to ask. Hey, Bastion. Don't, how are you? Don't try. <laughs> hey, hi. Tell us your name uh, and what I, you, yeah, your basics. If, if, I, if I pronounce it German, it's just Allgeier. Mm-hmm. You don't have to repeat it. It's a weird name in German either, so yeah, don't worry. <laughs> uh, wonderful, but we've had you on before. You're a, a long-time guest of the show, but it was in the year 2014, so a little while ago. This show has some some long legs, and as a matter of fact, this show came about by, uh, as so many have lately, from a Twitter conversation. I think even you were like, yeah, it's been a little while since you've been mm-hmm. on the show, and we're like, oh, that would be awesome to catch up. Uh, because, you know, I, I love to see that Kirby seems to be evolving and do, doing well and doing the small business thing just as I am and Dave is starting to do. So that's always fun to talk business with uh, like-minded folks. Uh, not to mention, I don't know, just talking about CMSs is just kind of fun and right on target <laughs> for this show. Yeah, huge news for Kirby, though. Got got picked up by Automatic, right? 19 billion? <laughs> yeah, only 18, uh, 18 billion, though. Oh, 18 oh, billion. Yeah. Wow. Might miss out on a yacht or two there. Yeah. But that's, uh, it's it's okay. I think we get by. WordPress yeah, is dropping right. MySQL for flat files. That's the, the new way to go. Uh, but, uh, like, can I start with that? Because I think that's so interesting. Kirby is a CMS. Kirby is a PHP-based CMS, so it's so it's like it's it feels like in the category of the great CMSs of yore that are all PHP, and for <laughs> the strong reason that for a long time on the internet, you it was a commodity to buy hosting that had PHP on it, like so much hosting. So why not? You know, software engineers were incentivized to build software that ran on this hosting that you could buy for $5 a month that was pretty much fine and still is fine. So pretty cool. And that, but, but Kirby is also has some lots of modern, interesting things to it and shares some DNA with the CMSs of, of today that are so hot, like the static site generators. Kirby is not a static site generator, right? Yeah, true. It's not, it sometimes gets confused with it. Um, I think the flat file, definition is a bit vague sometimes so it comes from those um, cmss that load files dynamically and then create put them into a template and then render stuff but then it turned more into the static site generator buzzword thing later and i think this is kind of what we still see that people confuse it with it so it can be a static site generator but it's not a static site generator out of the box as you already described it's basically loading um, content from files and folders, and then it's dynamically generating uh, pages. And of course, you can cache them. Of course, you could could generate static sites out of them if you want to. But first and foremost, it's a pretty regular uh, dynamic CMS. Yeah, just let PHP create the response on the fly, cache it maybe. And when we say CMS, you know, 
there's like a UI that like an admin UI that comes with it, right? It's not just eleventy style files and folders and boom a website. It's like Yeah, front matter. There's there's <laughs> <laughs> there's like a, a whole GUI that happens, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we have a, a full admin interface or a panel, as we call it, and um, you can do all the kind of stuff there uh, via desktop or on the, on uh, on mobile or wherever you want to go, and then just administrate your content there, post new stuff. So yeah, it, it has a an interface. Yeah, it's not just a command line tool or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right, that's a distinguishing feature too. Yeah, that, I was going to say that. I feel like that's a very important distinction you know compared to a lot of the i don't know current gen tooling is just kind of like hope you know computers you know <laughs> and, and i hope you don't. i mean it started that way actually so it started as a, a pure um yeah command line tool it wasn't really command line so you you just put it on a, on a local installation of mamp or whatever and then you could add folders and files but you would have to do that um manually and then you upload the files and folders via ftp and the good old days or later via the deployment scripts but there wasn't an interface first for i, I think a couple of months and then lots of people asked for it and then so we added it in 2012 Back in the days. Yeah, wow. It puts it in a different category. I think that's a, uh, I don't know. If I'm serious about managing the content on a site, I want I want an interface. Gosh dang it. I know Dave might disagree. You've been rocking the Jekyll thing for a long time on your own site. But uh, I don't know. There's something out for me that I like. What Dave Rupert wants and what, you know, the world former wants. past clients want is very, very different. <laughs> very you know. <laughs> Yeah, we still see that a lot. And I mean, we always try to keep it um, that way so you can use it both ways. It, you don't have to use the interface. It can work just as with it did before with files and folders. Oh, interesting. You, you absolutely don't have to. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to. You can switch it off. And uh, that's kind of a, a nice thing to have. Uh, we, we, do, we do that for our own website, actually. So we, we don't use the interface for our own website, which is oh, wow. uh, maybe a bit weird, but we use it in other places. So I think we are fine. Um, yeah. But yeah. Right. It helps we, to use we, your product. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it helps to use your product. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and, um, but we see that a lot. Uh, so there's a, there's a good split between people who use it completely um, without the interface and people of course use it with the interface yeah it's important to us what's stuck with me is a is like a let's say you want a button on your website that is shows you know goes to your archives and then it, when you're in the archives you're like do i want to look at these from newest to oldest or do i want to resort them from oldest to newest or whatever and if you're on a static site generator that's going to be tough, I think. Like, how are you going to possibly pull that off? Are you going to generate your archives twice? Or, like, what? how are you going to handle the URL situation? That's just, it's going to get weird. Or in PHP, you're like, yeah, you just, you make ASC into DESC, and it's, <laughs> and it's fine, you know? There's all these things that servers can do that just, I don't know, open up some doors that a static site generator will never be able to open. That stuck with me. Is that is that a primary motivator here? or? Mm, well, when when we started in 2012... Why flat files is the question. You know yeah, I mean? why, well, why... Okay, then I have to get 
go back a bit bit earlier actually so i i started as a freelancer build websites for my clients and um tried dozens of systems actually over the years um and built also quite a lot of systems myself right. uh, to various degrees of quality i would say and then um there came this weird idea a client wanted a super cheap newsletter tool where they could just write a text file and then it would generate a newsletter template for them and this kind of was a, a shitty job at first but it turned out into this thing that felt so easy so they this idea that php just reads a text file and then creates an html template out of it that felt pretty cool actually after all those years of complex systems and from there on uh, i turned it into a full cms for the next project and then it stuck and it kind of still felt right and then the next project came along and it still worked for that and it just turned out to be a super flexible system for myself um, and that's how it started and um, at that time to be honest static file generators weren't a thing so in 2010 2011 I never heard about static site generators before. There were CMSs that created static sites or created static files for all their pages or some pages. Yeah. Yeah, but, whatever. Text pattern or whatever the stuff the olds talk about. <laughs> exactly, but not, not in the form that we know them today. And so it wasn't really an idea that it could become a static site generator. The, this flat file approach instead of a database was the, the enticing part, which was it felt so easy. You could sync it so easily. You could put it into GitHub so easily or in a Git rep repository. Everything just instantly felt easy after years of working with databases. So that was the first idea. And then you still got all those kind of nice features that you mentioned. You still can do all kinds of dynamic stuff in PHP and sort and uh, shuffle and uh, have random stuff somewhere or your whatever. Your footer can output the year dynamically for your copyright, yeah, which we all know we need. <laughs> no, Crazy I mean, stuff. I, I think we all prefer like regenerating 10,000 pages uh, just to update the footer every year. I feel like we I all... I like that our expectation now is like we have a 2,000 page site and you're like 14 seconds. I don't have time for that garbage. Yeah. Um, there, you know, another one I think about though is people. It's everybody makes fun of npm install. People make plain jokes. They they, you know, write blog posts about how much hard drive space it's taking up. You know, like an npm install is just the butt of the industry jokes. You know, for all security reasons, for every reason. You know, and. You have to do that. You're, when you run an SSG, the expectation is that not only are you running it locally, but you know, and but you're running it when you deploy your website, and you're probably running it on every push you ever push for anything. You change a period on a blog post. The default is first npm install the universe, then build my entire every page of my entire website. You know, so that Netlify can make, you know, put these static files in a bucket for the rest of all time because they have immutable deploys or whatever. It's not shade on Netlify, but it is. It's funny to think that that's the expectation. You know, like what, what kind of you're, you're asking a lot of the cloud to to do that from you. Whereas deploying one file is like moop. Like that's what deploying a blog post surely on Kirby is like, right? You just push one more file to a server and you're done it can be that yeah exactly i mean 
I really, I really like the idea of static site generators. They have advantages that are hard to get with a dynamic system, on the other hand. And you get um, all the security benefits and you get lots of other stuff, performance benefits and whatever. Um, I think what we are seeing um, for us more and more is that we can easily go a hybrid way where some pages are dynamic and some pages are static. And that is kind of mixing both worlds together in a very positive way for us, where we feel like this is this is the best of both in, in, in many cases. Because honestly... Um, You just mentioned a couple of really crappy things about static site generators, but of course there are so many crappy things about dynamic CMSs as well. And I, I think it's always interesting to see um, what the trends bring along that can be then retrofitted into systems or maybe even re rethought and then just added in, in a new way that um, improves it. And that's kind of what I like about it. We have no sense of balance in our our industry. It's always a swing. It's like we're all all like whatever Dreamweaver websites are dead. We're all going to Blogger, <laughs> and then it's like oh, Blogger's dead. We're all going to Movable Type. Oh, Movable Type's dead. We're all going to WordPress, <laughs> and then it's like yeah. oh, WordPress is dead. We're all going to Static Site. You know, like we just we have no balance. We're never like man, what was good about the last system, and what could we subtly improve? It's always this like full rejection of the previous religion, and we just. You know, so I like your like balanced approach of, uh, hey, there's some like we're a flat file, which is unique, dynamic, which is unique now, <laughs> and then like, but we can also maybe like pull in some of these like flat or static kind of bonuses. I, I think that's a cool balanced approach. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it gets, it, what you just mentioned, it gets more and more stressful because those shifts happen more often nowadays, right? At least with, uh, um, with those shifts from movable type to WordPress or whatever, it was like every two years or something new happened and then you have to move over. And now it feels like every two weeks you have to move to something different, a uh, sure. new framework or a new, new um, CMS or a new whatever. Yeah. The, well, I mean, now we all have to switch our design tooling. I mean, Just oh yeah! <laughs> one day, one that announcement, hurts. one tweet later, we're all switching. So just immediately, now. people are like, "I have to pay my Creative Crowd subscription, or I'll never be able to open a file again." Yeah, a lot of assumptions get thrown around real quick. Uh, not that you know, I don't know, could happen. Well, everyone knows there's a bunch of evil business men, all men sitting in a room, just like, how can we just ruin this big pile <laughs> of money we just spent? How can we just set it on fire? Let's, yeah. Yeah. I, th I, I think WebTech Twitter just had uh, long as, uh, too much of a good time in the last two weeks or something, and then Yeah, there needs to be some evil coming up. And a new villain, oh, that's right? true. We've just yeah. had it. We've had it too good. The we last... have it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we need something to yell about. Ah, oh, it's too big of one. My brain turns off. You know, like I read like five tweets about it. And I'm like, okay, I'm bored of this news. Yeah, yeah. I need something else to be mad about. There's some genuine concern about management or historic experiences and stuff like that. I, I don't want to discount those. Those are very personal. You know. Uh, so I think, you know, and, and I think we've all, 
I think it comes down to like products you love, right? Like I mm. love this product and now somebody owns the product I love, you know, somebody else owns it under new management. Yeah, that's so, it. I mean, it could just be the, the, I don't know. We've, we've had it like, like get Shiner Bach in Texas is a beer. Um, mm-hmm. and it's a double block. It's pretty, uh, it's, it's very sweet. Uh, but it got bought by Corona, I think. And which is like, you think like Corona is this cheap Mexican beer, but it's like a global beer brand or whatever. And it like tastes different to me. It does not, it's not the same experience I had when I was drinking a Shiner in my twenties, you know, but it's like, is that because Shiner Bach changed the formula? Some like ingredient was switched or is it because I don't know, maybe I drank too much of it and now it just doesn't taste as good. <laughs> I don't I don't know. So But you only have an opinion because you care, right? Like you wouldn't even you be care. saying anything if you didn't care. Mm. Yeah, if you didn't care and if you didn't use it a lot, you wouldn't care. But you know, I think the more you use it, the more you you're invested. So Yeah, that's true. And I, I think another problem with especially with the the Figma move is Lots of people use it for free, and it was this really good tool that you could just use, basically. And um, now it's that the future is uncertain. And Unknown. will it end up in the in the subscription plan of the Adobe Crowd, uh, Cloud or whatever? And I think it's a it's a problem that people get so mad about free products being bought and then change their business plan or whatever. I think that's. It, if it's a free tool, you always have to be prepared that it might either be shut down or that it gets bought someday. I mean, for those who actually paid for it, it's a different thing. But for those, um, I mean, yeah. it's a lot this of people was VC cry back about. to the nines. Yeah. You know? Yeah. $330 million Series E. Yeah, the e. dump trucks so, and bucks came yeah. pouring down on this thing, man. It's going to have some kind of ending. It's not like they're like, we're going to go family run with this. We're going to go <laughs> lifestyle with Figma. <laughs> sure. Uh, just here's, a, here's a curveball for you, Bastion. There's a, in the industry, I'd say there's a bit of a push towards these kind of like edge, you know, I don't know, running code at the edge kind of thing with, with we're in all these JavaScript runtimes like Deno and Bun shaking stuff up a little bit, but they're, you know, kind of JavaScript focused, but more and more the you know, cloud functions, you can already run uh, PHP as a Lambda and then you can run Lambda at the edge. So all of a sudden now you have like worldwide PHP that's not running on an individual server. It's running on what or not, whatever the closest node is. The do you watch that stuff? Do you get excited about that? Do you think their Kirby could run at the edge one day? Have you played with it? I watch it, but I'm not yet sure where this leads. So for us, at least, um, because that's kind of I mentioned the the advantages of flat files. They store they are on your server, and especially with uh, SSD servers nowadays, it's super fast and it's super convenient, and it can be in a repo or whatever. But with those, uh, I'm I'm not entirely sure yet what happens with the stuff um, when it's in when it's in the edge because it has to have access to the content somehow, and so you, you couldn't just throw the entire um, Kirby installation into one edge function. I, I, I'm, I have to say I'm not super. Um, experience with that stuff yet and I don't fully understand how it could work for us as a, as a CMS. I think it's interesting, it's super interesting especially interesting in this case when you 
use Kirby as a static site generator and then you throw it out there somehow. But um, no, not not. I, I think I can't say too much about it. That's that would be useful. Yeah, I understand. But uh, okay. But then here's another one. I got kind of two follow-up ones. One's related to caching, right? So if the expectation is I hit some URL on the website, PHP takes over, it knows what it needs, uh, some template stuff, it needs some content, so it's going to ask the disk for a file that has some content in it. It's going to create a ball of HTML and return it to the browser. But that's a, like a little bit expensive, that disk hit, right? Mm. So you cache it, right? That's the kind of caching you, you mean. That caching could be anywhere, right? Your server could be in charge of that, or it could just be Cloudflare sitting in front of it that just caches the response or something. Yeah, absolutely. There are multiple layers that can, can work. Ooh, multiple caches. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, how it's multiple, multiple. Oh, yeah, that's super scary. Like, I mean, <laughs> multiple layers that you could choose. It could be a varnish cache, or it could be Cloudflare, or it could be just a cache on your server that is a simple file cache, or a Redis cache, or whatever. I mean, Reverse there are proxy multiple. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, like an yeah. OS level cache kind of thing. Like, yeah, a, that's a hot file kind of thing. Yeah, I guess so. Kirby will try to read the file every single time it gets hit and then i guess like is that any slower or faster or do you kind of keep track of that than like i don't know hitting a json api for my content or something like that is that you know um it depends on the disk speed Mm -hmm. so but we see that is with with ssd servers it's a no-brainer actually it it adds a couple milliseconds but not like a significant amount of milliseconds. It like depends 200 on. Two hundred would be like my like. Uh, no, no, no more like or something. Yeah. So if you if you say it's a simple page and you um you have it like in a text form and as a te as an HTML file on the server and the server can serve the HTML file, versus PHP has to build it, a simple page. It depends totally on the page complexity, but a simple page, then it would add maybe a couple, 20, 30 milliseconds or something. Mm -hmm. um, what we have as a solution for that is we call it static cache, or it's not it's not fully there yet. It's it's uh, um, in a beta, so that Kirby hits that um, page once, and then it stores uh, an HTML file on the server, and then. Um, um, a mod rewrite rule or an engine X um, config rule uh, would go to that file instead if it finds it next time. So it will just hit that once and then afterwards it's an actual static um, file that's being served and it's no longer going through PHP. The PHP, um, the PHP has always a bit of a, of a um, yeah, an impact when, when it has to, to run through it. But oh. it's it's not that significant. It gets significant if the page is super complex. It has to load a lot of content, a lot of relationships or whatever. Of course, it will always be complex. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah. I guess because it, it can get... I guess you're saying like that read isn't the the bottleneck so much as maybe PHP itself, just like memory and, um, you know, usually that stuff, you know, I don't know, usually... I guess, do you kind of recommend a hardware spec for, for Kirby or is it, you're just kind of like, oh, it should work everywhere? It should mostly work everywhere. So we see it on super cheap shared hosting as well as on high spec servers. And it, it is, is actually 
a lot. It depends a lot on the disks. So if you have a fast disk, even on a super cheap server, it is still plenty fast. And we have lots of our own stuff running on five euro uh, shared hosting here in Germany. Uh, actually, not the not the the, uh, the full website, but um, satellite tools that we use, so demo sites and stuff like that. We we yeah. run them on cheap cheap shared hosting, especially because we want to know how good it performs on that and if it's actually usable. Um, what it depends on, um, because you asked about that, is if it has to go through a lot of folders and files and read those first in order to find something. So, for example, um, if you, you mentioned the archive um, before, um, mm -hmm. the, the archive example, that can be super fast if it's a couple hundred pages. But if you need to search between multiple fields within uh, all those text files and go through all those folders and filter them and do all kinds right. of stuff with them. Then it has to scan all those folders. It has to scan all the files within the folders, and that gets slow, of course. Then you have to do some kind of caching first in order to make it uh, snappier. But it's it's a bit the same with with databases as, as well. I mean, if you um, throw a crazy uh, query at uh, at a database, it is more efficient um, by itself to com to optimize that. But it will also be um, uh, slow if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, that is interesting. So that's something like. Search is always going to be that's going that's tricky, right? Like, there's no yeah, way of searching a bunch of flat files is faster than SQL. No, absolutely not. I mean, you you can do that with a simple site with a couple couple subpages, a simple blog or something. That it's still doable there, but. Um, it easily gets into a place where you say, okay, I need something like Elasticsearch or Algolia or whatever. We use Algolia for our site and index the stuff um, on, on push. And yeah, of course. And, and it's it's not just um, a performance issue. It's also the quality of the search. I mean, if you want to rebuild a high quality search, it's, yeah, it's a nightmare. Mm -hmm. Put it in a... What's the... help? Just have an Algolia integration, you know? Come on, people. Search is a solved problem. Speaking at twenty billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's Elastigolia. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by Split. That's Split.io. Split.io slash Shop Talk. Actually. A uh, very clever name for a product because it has to do with splitting actually like the users that use your website. So uh, uh, imagine a basic use case of that being something like A-B testing. Like I want to show some percentage of people this version of the website because I want to test the effectiveness of it without necessarily rolling it out to everybody. So test the effectiveness, meaning literally measure the impact that it has and see if it's kind of good or bad. But that same kind of technology then can be used for feature flags. That's essentially what you're doing. So you use their product to set up these feature flags, like these 100 people or these 25% of the user base have this feature flag, which you use their dashboard to do. And then it allows you to write like if else statements essentially right in your own code paste that says, you know, if this flag is turned on, deliver this piece of JavaScript or backend code or whatever it is. Otherwise, do this. It gives you that ability in your code, but it separates the ability to it. You don't have to deploy in order to change the 100 people or the 25 percent or something. You manage that elsewhere, which ends up being a pretty nice experience. 
And then again, it helps. It's, it's, it's for rolling things out. You have a brand new feature. You don't want to roll it out to everybody. You want to roll it out to a subset and get p- feedback from them. That's the whole point of feature flags and split helps you do that. So split is the feature delivery platform you need to help execute these modern expectations and continuous and progressive delivery. Because if you're not delivering, you're falling behind. You and a team of 10 can, can, can create your first feature flags at split.io slash shop talk, split.io slash shop talk. Create your first feature flags with a team of 10. Thanks for the support. It's been a while, like since we've talked to you. Like, what have you seen? You know, people using Kirby. Like, how are they using Kirby? What? Where do you feel like you Kirby has a sweet spot? I'm, a sweet spot in terms of how it's being used. Like, yeah, or just like who, who's your ideal like customer, or or who who kind of is gravitating towards picking up Kirby as opposed to you know the hundreds of other CMSs or craft is an interesting comparison. Cause it's like they, you both, you know, you sell copies of craft, they sell copies of Kirby. It's, it's similar in spirit in that way. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, it's, it's, uh, we see that a lot on the people either like they, they um, we see that in agencies a lot that they use, they, that mm. they often use them side by side. So, um, that's interesting. Yeah. And, um, the sweet spot for us, well, the ideal clients are freelancers, agencies. We see a lot of them that just keep on building sites for their clients over and over again, a um, couple dozen per year, oftentimes. And mm-hmm. of course, this is this is those are really cool customers for us. I mean, they build great sites, um, often high quality sites. Um, they come back um, if we do our job right. They are they are loyal and um, stay with us for years. Um, and that would I would say that's the sweet spot for us in terms of uh, what we really love to see. Uh, and we have a lot of them, uh, fortunately. Um, the sweet spot in terms of projects would be the really nerdy ones. I mean, there are projects that totally blow my mind in terms of what people build with it. So um, like custom-made uh, organizational tools for um f- I don't know for a theater or for um, for a company or that. So they they often build things like invoicing or something into Kirby, um, and I really love to see those projects. So they are the sweet spot for me personally in terms of wow, it's really blowing my, my mind what what people come up with and the ideas that they have. Um, it's not necessarily visible on the outside. It's more like it's often oftentimes behind the scenes. That's it's really cool. That's cool. I actually I recently saw an app for an agency, like their internal app that they use to like schedule vacations or like you know divvy up projects and stuff like that. And it was really cool. I think it was built in Rails, but it could have easily been Kirby or something. Um, I, I wonder how many of these whatever JavaScript frameworks or CMSs. I wonder how, what percent of of the applications built with them are internal tools because I bet it's like shockingly high. You know, mm-hmm. like there's five Angular production sites and there's five million mm-hmm. <laughs> Angular backend internal tools or something. I don't know. I mean, an- another sweet spot that that just came to my mind is um, we see that 
also more and more is that Kirby's been used as a glue between different systems. I also like that quite a lot. So people have, or companies, organizations have more um, systems than they would like often. <laughs> like, I don't know, a CRM and then uh, an ERM or sh a shop system and all kinds of additional systems that they all have to log in separately somehow and then get the data from one and put into another one. And um, we see that more often because Kirby seems to be quite hackable. This is it, what we intend um, with it. But it's it's lovely to see that it seems to be true, that people feel comfortable with it, hacking all kinds of ideas together. And so they often use it as the glue between different complex systems and then load data into Kirby and combine it there and um, use it as a single source of truth for their content and for their marketing on the website. And this is this is what I really like. So that the a bit hacky projects... Um, that turn out of uh, turn out of it. That I mean, that sounds up my alley. I, I just <laughs> I was on a project and they're like, you know, they, it was like we were building out this thing and they're like, it's five pages and we're like, yes, five pages mm -hmm. and like we'll scope it, we'll budget it and they're like, oh, we got these testimonials we really like and we're like, oh okay, it's like six thousand. And they're all, <laughs> and they're all yeah. in a CSV file. So good luck, you know. And we're just like, ouch. Like, okay, we'll mm -hmm. do it. But we figured it out a system. But I think we ended up parsing the CSV and do different, you know, kind of hacking it. But like, it wasn't. It was a hack, if that makes sense. It wasn't. Mm -hmm. Wasn't a native uh, <laughs> uh, thing we did, but. Um, But anyway, it was it'd just be cool to have a tool that could I don't know does that Help with it. Mm -hmm. that has the that feature set and isn't made of surprises. So Kirby doesn't not necessarily have the features for everything that you just put it in. We we are not a plug and play system. We we see ourselves more like a Lego brick collection of tools that you can combine and use and customize. And um, it, it, it all comes up down to the experience that we as a team, every, every one of us had in their own client projects, exactly those kind of stories that you just told, where you sit in a project and it starts really easy and then it gets more complex and then it gets more complex and then you suddenly like, oh my God. Um, so yeah. the system, we always wanted a system that doesn't get in your way when the project gets more complicated or more messy and it's still kind of okay even if the project really goes downhill you still enjoy the the work on it somehow um and well it depends always always depends on the on the details of the project but we at least try to be as helpful with that as possible flat files you know what what is what is what is what's in them You know, is it is it an enforced <laughs> markdown mm. thing? Is there is there front matter? Is there you know, is, or is it the folder structure important? You know, tell me about like what the expectations are of the flat file. Okay, so the the basic idea is pretty simple. Uh, every page is a folder, and um, that's kind of how it works. You build a file system page. based routing. So hot right now. Yeah. So hot. whoa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, you have a folder for every page. You have subfolders for subpages and sub 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 pages, and you can nest it as deeply as you want mm-hmm. until the file system hits the limit. I never hit that, but it's I think it's possible. Um, and then in a folder, the folder name um, is also responsible for the URL. So the URL path is built by the folder names. Routing, you just mentioned it. Mm-hmm. And then there's a text file in there. And the text file, the name of the text file um, decides which template is being loaded. So if Kirby finds oh. a template which is also named the same way as the text file, it would, would use that template and otherwise fall back to the default template. And then in the text file, we have um, fields. We have a custom format for those fields. Front matter um, wasn't a... Th- I, I, at least I didn't know about it back then. Um, so we started with our own format. It's still pretty simple and very similar to front matter, actually. So you have a field name, a colon, and then the field content. And the field content can be pretty much anything. So it could be text or JSON or Markdown or HTML or whatever crazy format you want to throw it in there. And then we separate fields with four dashes. It's it's dashes, I think. Yeah, I hope. Um and then the next field comes, and you can put as many fields into a text file as you want. Um, text, every text file can have their own fields. So if you say, for example, you build a project um, directory, not every project has to have the same fields. They can have different fields uh, depending on the project. You can share templates by always using project.txt, and they would always load the project.php template mm-hmm. file. Or you could say five projects use the project.php template and this, the sixth temp, um, project is suddenly one of those crazy projects that has uh, a custom layout because the client uh, now needs to go to a trade fair and they need to have a custom microsite for a project right. or a product or whatever. And then you can say, okay, this is specialproject.txt and then you create a new template, specialproject.php and then you can build something new for it. We, so th- this would be um, how you use Kirby just by using the file system if you never touch the user interface. And the right. user interface does the same thing. So it would create folders for you. It create text files for you. It is not living in a um, kind of a parallel universe. So you can use it side by side. You can have the interface and you can still work on the folders and the files, which is, in my opinion, still one of my favorite features because you can easily create entire structures for your site very quickly in the finder or in your explorer or whatever and then mm-hmm. switch to the interface later as soon as the client comes in or when you feel like you want to use it right um and then we bind so there's nothing secret like when when that admin ui boots up and you're like i'm going to make a new page yeah. uh, and then you you start typing a title and you start typing some content and you say like oh this is a special project i'm going to save it as a special template it's not like that piece of metadata goes in a database somewhere cuz there isn't one it just it just is, affects how and where that file is saved and named mm-hmm. right yeah 100% yeah. nice yeah. And then we bind it, um, so we, we we kind of need a layer between um, the quite loosely um, typed uh, text files and the interface. We somehow need to tell the interface what kind of fields it should show, if it should, because right. by default, you just have like a field in the text file with a colon and the content, and there is no format yet. It's, it, it's not a that's not a CMS. A CMS needs to have a date picker and a I don't know, right? All that stuff. 
all mm-hmm. that stuff. And then this is where um, then we, we call them blueprints. You have configuration files where you can say, okay, this page type, um, page type project, for example, or page type um, blog article, uh, I want that kind of interface. And it's not just about form fields. Um, so you can set up all kinds of form fields for the interface, which you can with pretty much every other CMS, but you can uh, customize the entire interface for that page type. So every page type can have a different kind of interface. So for example, if you go to your blog in the, in the um, admin interface, you would like to see the subpages or the articles. Maybe you would like to spread them into drafts and published articles somehow into col- columns or whatever. And so you can say, I don't need any fields for the blog itself for the blog page type um, i just need a really nice way to display my articles and then I, as, I, as soon as you click on an article and you land in a in the page type article for example then you need form fields and then you might need a gallery for example um, where you can drop um, art, uh, images in and all that is then configurable and you can also extend the interface with custom um, components uh, so it's a, a view-based Vue.js based interface. Oh, you made the call and, there, huh? So that you have Vue available to you in that. Yeah, exactly. And and our plugin system, um, with our plugin system, you can create new fields and you can also create new interface elements. So, for example, if you say, I have a product and um, this is the marketing side for a product, it's just about the content for the product. But I also would love to pull in the data for, that's coming from our shop system. And the shop system is somewhere completely different. Um, then you could create a new interface element that is pulling in metadata for the product um, into a view component. And you can add it to your, to your um, view for the mm-hmm. product page type. So it's, it's really highly customizable for whatever you want to build and for, yeah, whatever you have in mind. Nice. And it's also easy to extend. That's I think that's also an important part. The fields come for free, basically. You if you need a new field, you just add a new field to the text file, or you add a new field to the, the blueprint definition, and then it becomes available in in the interface, and you can start adding content. Ah, that's so cool. That reminds me of Perch did that too, right? You didn't have to tell it what fields you want. You'd just be like, oh, all of a sudden there's this new field and it was that UI would adapt to have it available to you. That's really neat. So hmm, let's just do one example so we could see how it would go. Like a like a blog post has an author. So yeah. I want to yeah. I want to choose what author it would be. Where do I like express that? Um, so we have a users picker or users field. Um, and then you can just add that to your... Um, uh, that that particular one is kind of like a blessed field by Kirby or something. It's like a veil. Yeah, yeah. well, you, you, need, you mean it's not a custom... It, it's, it's a custom form field, yeah. It, it, it has a little button. You can select users and search through users and then select the user you want. And then it creates a relationship between the blog article and that user. Um, right. I just mean like, what if I said, uh, instead of users, I said all blog posts have a temperature gauge and I have to write what temperature it was outside when I published the blog post. You wouldn't tell me like, oh, we have a temperature widget for that. No, you know? no, no, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then you could create either you you are fine with one of our text fields or the number field or whatever kind of field you want to use. Or you say, now, nah, well, I want a really crazy little 
weather widget thingy in my interface and I pull data in from weather.com or whatever platform I want to use. And then um, you would create a Vue.js component and a little PHP file. And the PHP file could do, for example, the, the API request for you and then send it to the Vue.js file and the Vue.js file would show it to you in your interface. And um, yeah, you can you can put it into columns. You can lay out where it should be. So, for example, you could say I have my blog article, the the feed, the main fields, the blog, uh, the the text field, and the I don't know the headline field or whatever. They are in a big column on the left, and then on the right, I have a small metadata column, and there I put my nice little um, weather widget. Hmm. I, I mean, a, a few things of, uh, I guess if you click through the showcase on our website or the, the, the first gallery on our website, on our homepage, you can already get an idea how different the page types can look like. So you have different, we, we created a, f a couple of examples there. We also have them on in our uh, demo kit. So if you want to, um, you could, if you click on try, you can, um, you can, um, boot up a, a demo, an instant demo for you, a personal demo. And we have, we created a couple site types there as well, like a restaurant or a, a microsite or stuff where you can see the different lay, how different the layouts can be. I didn't realize Kali's website is on Kirby, which is, that's a, his new timeline feature is really good. Anyway. Yeah, it's really nice. Uh, John maybe I should classic. You got all the grand old designs. RISD, never heard of it. Um, <laughs> graphic design. Man, you got this some is, it's, a, it's a graphic here. design school in in Amsterdam, I think. Yeah, it, I was just kidding. it's very popular. Rhode it's Island, very high end. I believe. <laughs> Off screen magazine, so good. Uh, uh, Brendan Dawes, holy cow! I just pushed. Uh, so there's another great site if you want to get more into how people use the admin interface. You can check out KirbySites.com, which is a community project uh, run by one of our um, plugin developers. And the cool thing about that is, I mean, he totally uh, steals the show of our showcase actually on that <laughs> site because what he does is um, so you have the, the examples there, and then you can click on uh, the example sites, and then you can see how the back end for that site looks like which is i think really really cool um oh, wow. so it's not just a screenshot of the site but also a screenshot of how the admin interface for that site looks like and sometimes it's just pretty standard and sometimes it's just crazy cool there are also um examples of uh admin interfaces that have been adjusted so the css has been adjusted you can load a custom css file and then customize it um so yeah, it's, it's super interesting for us to see that Talking about sweet spots earlier, this is also kind of the, where the sweet spot is for me when when I see like really cool interface screenshots and people create great interfaces for their content. Yeah, I really love that. Yeah, this is really cool to explore. I think I've learned that menu in German is just menu where the U has an umlaut, which I like. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy that fact. Um, God dang. If there's this many nice sites, just think of how many ugly sites there are, you know, a hundred times. <laughs> How's life on GitHub with this? You know, you just, you just throw it up on GitHub, open issues, mm -hmm. open PRs. <laughs> so it looks like it's in pretty good shape. You must take care of that pretty well with your team. Yeah. I mean, GitHub is a blessing for us, but it's 
isn't always easy. I mean, it it especially didn't start very easy. So when it, when I started it, I put it on GitHub and I had this idea that I wanted, I, we call it commercial open source, which is kind of, it's, it's, yeah, it's not really a thing, but this is kind of our idea behind it. It's, um, we put the source code, in, code entirely on GitHub. You have to buy a license. You have to register it if you use it. And um, there's a registration warning if you don't do that um, in the panel, not on the site. But the source code is still open. And then, I mean, I'm 100% honest with this. If you know your way around PHP, you could easily just throw out our validation code out of there. And so it's it's kind of this mixture between trust-based model yeah, that's and still tricky. a forced kind of idea of you have to buy a license. Um, and of course the, the, the license is also a um, proprietary license. Um, and when I started, everybody was like, oh, not everybody, but a couple of voices were like, this is totally crazy. And it's not going, going to work. Nobody's going to buy it. They're just going to steal it from, from GitHub. Because even if you don't put it on GitHub, one person will buy it and put theirs on GitHub and... Yeah, 100%. So, and I, I always said, I don't want to care about those who steal it. There will always be people who steal it, even if it is behind a, a closed um, download mm. somewhere. It, 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 would, it will always be pirated in some way. And I always wanted to focus on those who actually like it and want to pay for it. And um, yeah, that was difficult in the beginning because it, it started slowly and I didn't really know if it would work out. Um, years later, it works out really well. Uh, I think we have a, a nice um, group of people who values um, the work that we put into it and then don't mind the license fees. Um, we always try to be super fair with the license fees as well. It's it's not an expensive tool. It's I mean it's a one time purchase, um, not not like a monthly subscription or whatever. Right. Um, and it works out for us. And I mean the the benefit for us putting it on GitHub is the honesty behind it. So we we don't have anything to hide. If you, you can try it for as long as you like and see if it really fits to your projects, and then go for it. Or you find out after a couple of days you don't really like it, and that's fine. You, you don't have to buy a license for it. And um, it's also a, a security thing for us. We we want that openness because I think there's a lot of. Um, yeah, that there's a, it's good to be that open in terms of security. Um, we have um, security researchers coming in and looking through it and pen testing it before they use it. And uh, that's important to us. And the issues and the, com uh, the community uh, integration is super important for us as well. So we get pull requests, we get issues, we, we have the typical open source kind of way to deal with all that stuff. And that's a big plus. Do do you uh, like hide support behind like a license or is it just kind of open? Not really. I mean, we have a limit to, uh, no, well, I think we are very open with the support as well. We have our forum where we direct all the support to and, and mm. Sonia, one of our team members is, is there pretty much all the day and is very active in, in her response. And, we try to not determine too much how many well, uh, licenses have been bought yet, or if there is a license already, we, we try to onboard everybody who is having problems as good as we can. But of course, I mean, if it gets too detailed, if it is something about the server configuration or the project is just 
a huge has a huge complexity and lots of plugins installed and we don't really understand it without looking at the source code there is a limit to what we can offer for that price as a support mm-hmm. and then we, we either decide to go for one of our community members and get help from there or um get um, yeah get us hired to help them out cool oh yeah. is that part of the business model too is that you're kind of guns for hire not really openly no we we don't push not it because yeah no no i mean not we don't push it because it's not exactly what we love the most about it so mm-hmm. the the uh, we love the work on the product we love to develop uh, to to improve it to develop it to work on the, on the on the issues and on new features and on new ideas and um so we thought about it a lot but the the business model shifts into a completely new direction if we would do a lot of consulting or if it we would does, do a lot yeah. of technical support behind the scenes because then it's always a, a risk that um, clients would ask for special features that we then have to build for them as core team and then that would push the CMS into a certain kind of direction or it would... Um, occupy so much of our time even if it doesn't it's taking time yeah exactly yeah exactly so and we are not a huge team i mean we are five people and we are very careful with the time that we spend on sites side stuff next to kirby yeah you can always have that special price be like you need my help how's a million dollars sound (laughs) 20 billion (laughs) dollars starting price what's your budget you know zero or 20 million you know a drop down uh kirby can do that uh i guess um yeah i've i've been learning like a client service business and a product business are very different in terms Mm -hmm. of demands and so you can't just be both you know so um I, I think we're kind of running out of time here, but I, I one question I wanted to ask was like, like what you know, what's your pitch to like a developer who's at a company, you know, they they're they always use the the big CMSs because they're told to or whatever. Like, what's your pitch for like somebody who wants to make the make the sell on like a smaller indie CMS or like like Kirby or, or one, any of the other ones, but like, what's your kind of pitch for somebody who wants to introduce that into their company? We always get asked that because there are, there are names that always get thrown around. Right. And then people don't even know what the CMS is. They just heard it once and then they want it. And then Hmm. this is always the competition kind of, yeah, we have to argue why is ours better. Um, what I try to say most of the times is, well, we, we claim that Kirby is super flexible. We claim that it's super fast um, and that it's just fun to use. In our opinion, uh, we are totally biased there. And I can only say, give it a try. Um, and if you feel like it, it's fitting, then go for it. And if it's not fitting, then don't go for it. I, I think the flat file approach, even after all those years, and that's kind of after 10 years of still working on it, is still totally exciting to me. Um, it's It still feels right. And it is just a great, great way to build websites, in my opinion. It has all those different things that you need, all the different bells and whistles that you can add. But you can also keep it super simple. So it's, it has all of that, in my opinion. Fun and flexible are not 
generally in my CMS uh, vocabulary. Yeah, exactly. So that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> that's and we yeah and I mean everybody's trying to say that, uh, and of course we also try to say that. And the only um, way we could prove it is by giving it out and saying to give to try it, and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. For some, it instantly clicks and they are hooked for years, and for some, it don't and i think that's totally fine it's just super quick i i, I want to uh, mention the page transitions shared element transitions api i feel like that's going to be clutch for uh for the uh, cms's kirby and and like you know where it's like one thing you never w were able to do is you know make it that SPA kind of thing with where things are sliding around. And I say that because I clicked through one of the sites. I think it was the, I don't know, Berlin by Food or something like that. Some really nice site built on Curvy. And it looks like it has it. So I'm like, oh, gosh, maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I kind of doubt that they're using this super new API already. But it's the I one don't that think makes so. it. Yeah, they must have figured out some cool JavaScript way to do it. We have a lot of I think it's called Barba.js, Barba, Barba. Oh, I don't know if I pronounce it right. There is a there is a tool which is basically kind of a page. What was it called? Pagex or Turbolinks? And then on top of that, kind of an integration where you can say it does that and that whenever stuff is really reloaded. So a lot of people are into those transitions nowadays. I don't really know why. I, I mean, they look fancy. Uh, sometimes I feel like they are getting more in the way than they actually do anything good. But um, yeah, I mean, um, it's, it seems to be fun. Yeah? I, I get it. It's 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 tricky, right? Because if you do if you go too crazy with it, you're like, why did you? I don't think that was necessary. In fact, I just had a good conversation with Hakeem El-Hatabi and the guy who does slides.com mm -hmm. and reveal.js and stuff. And he's like, you know, as many animations as I've done in my life, none is usually the right answer for, for a UI, you know? Um, but I say that and then I like, even something as simple as like using the GitHub app on my phone, like there's so many, like almost every single thing that you click on has some kind of simple whisk and move to the thing. So I think it, it is going to matter. It, it's just, the web can't just have no answer for it. And I'm kind of glad yeah, that's that there, true. Absolutely. And I mean, the, the I think that's why I'm so... Well, I'm skeptical about it is that the libraries that we currently have, they are always like a layer on top that if it's implemented right, it's really cool. But if you make a little mistake, it can get so messy and then uh, navigation is broken or you can't use the back button properly anymore. And so... I think it's really important. Or sometimes GitHub, <laughs> GitHub's new projects feature will assign you an issue 70 times in a row. Sometimes. <laughs> Which happened to me yesterday. So, oh, no. oh my gosh. Um, thanks, JavaScript. Uh, yeah, I, well, in it, that shared elements transition, JavaScript frameworks will get better. Static websites will get better. It's like a better for everyone situation, too. That's mm -hmm. like, Absolutely. That's yeah. nice. So. Just pulls one of those reasons away. If somebody was like, "I can't use a CMS like this. It doesn't have this that thing. It doesn't make that available." It'd be like, "Oh, just wait. It sure does." Anyway, yeah. Uh, sorry to <laughs> steal the oh. ending away from you there, Dave. Go ahead. I was just. I think that's actually a really good thing to bring out because that's gets into that other like, why would I use this? You know, I want 
whatever my page to be a big zipper and then I want it to appear. So, yeah. uh, marketing people are weird. So, uh, Bastion, uh, thank you for coming on the show and telling us about Kirby, but, uh, before you go, how can people follow you and give you money? Uh, get Kirby.com. That's yeah. the easiest way All right. <laughs> to give, to follow me and give, give me money, <laughs> give us money. Uh, no, great. you can follow me on, on Twitter. Uh, I won't try to speak to pronounce my name again, Bastian Algaier, Twitter slash Bastian Algaier, Twitter slash get Kirby is also another way. Uh, we are also on LinkedIn and the other stuff where you normally find people and sites and uh, products. So GitHub, etc. etc. Awesome. Well, thank you. And thank you, dear listener, for downloading this in your podcast. Your choice, be sure to start heart favorite up. That's how people find out about the show. Follow us on Twitter at shop talk show for Eight tweets a month, six tweets a month. Discord, patreon.com slash shop talk show. And Chris, do you got anything else you'd like to say? Shop talk show.com.